Do you have questions about mindfulness meditation? Dr. Arnie Kozak has answers. Dr. Kozak is a psychotherapist, assistant professor in psychiatry at the University of Vermont College of Medicine, and workshop leader at the Bar Center for Buddhist Studies and the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. He is the author of the audiobook, The Awakened Introvert, practical mindfulness skills to help you maximize your strengths and thrive in a loud and crazy world. Today he answers frequently asked questions about mindfulness meditation. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. We offer brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W E T W A R E M E D I A.com. Today we have an excerpt from psychotherapist Dr. Arnie Kozak's popular audiobook, The Awakened Introvert, Practical Mindfulness Skills to Help You Maximize Your Strengths and Thrive in a Loud and Crazy World. If you are an introvert, this audiobook will show you how to tap into your inherent introvert strengths and awaken your potential using mindfulness meditations and cognitive behavioral techniques. In this episode, Dr. Arnie Kozak offers answers to frequently asked questions about mindfulness meditation. Meditation Frequently Asked Questions Your attitude is much more important than any technical considerations with practice. However, the following details can help to facilitate your meditation experience. Should my eyes be open or closed? This is one of the most frequently asked questions. Whatever you are most comfortable with can work. Different teachers and traditions recommend different approaches. Eyes closed can remove one form of distraction, but it also makes it more likely that you will fall asleep. If you practice with your eyes open, you can keep your gaze soft, as if you aren't looking at anything in particular. You can experiment with both eyes open and eyes closed. If you feel sleepy, keep your eyes open. This will help keep you from falling asleep. What do I do with my hands? Do whatever is most comfortable with your hands. You can place them palms down on your knees or palms up. You can clasp them together and rest them in your lap or lay one hand on top of the other. Traditionally, the left hand is placed over the right and the tips of your thumbs can touch. This is known as the cosmic mudra. Whatever you do with your hands, try to keep them relatively still. This will be a unique experience for them. Hands rarely stay still. What should I wear? You don't have to wear any special clothes to practice. Wear something that is comfortable. It could be a good idea to wear layers. That way, if you're too warm, you can take a layer off. Do I need to have one of those fancy, expensive cushions? The traditional way to practice meditation is to sit on a cushion, often called a zafu, that rests on a padded mat, called a zabuton, that sits on the floor. If you sit on the floor, it can be helpful to have one of these cushions. They vary in price and can be filled with either cotton or buckwheat hulls. Some newer ones also contain memory foam. 
If you're not ready to invest the $50 plus for the Zafu, the Zabuton mat adds more expense, you can use bedroom or couch pillows. You can also fold up blankets to serve as a mat. Anything that gets your hips above your knees will do the trick, and this includes sitting in a chair, which does this automatically. Do I need candles, incense, or bells? None of those accoutrements is required. It is useful to have a timer of some kind. You can use your smartphone alarm, and there are many apps that you can use too. Some people find making some kind of altar with candles, beautiful or meaningful objects, and images helpful for supporting their practice. The props won't do the practice for you, but they can be a helpful adjunct for some people. Where should I practice? It is possible to practice anywhere. That is one of the wonderful advantages of mindfulness practice. It is eminently portable. You can do it in an airport or on a bus. You can do it in your home or at a meditation center. However, it can be helpful to designate one part of your home as your dedicated practice space. Don't do anything other than practice in this spot. Committing precious home real estate communicates your intent to practice, and over time, you will come to associate this spot with mindfulness. If you don't have the room available for a dedicated practice area, try to practice in a single spot that you clear away each time you are ready to practice. Is it okay to fall asleep? Falling asleep is a very common experience with meditation. When your body becomes still, the tiredness you have been carrying around with you is suddenly apparent. If you are sleepy, this suggests that you are not getting enough sleep at night, as see the section on sleep hygiene in Chapter 6. Most teachers discourage their students from falling asleep. However, if you think about mindfulness meditation as the practice of paying attention to what is happening now, then feelings of sleepiness can be the experience of now. You can investigate these sensations as you would any other physical feeling, and you may even fall asleep. To avoid falling asleep, you can open your eyes or even stand up and practice standing for a few minutes. You can also do walking meditation practice, such as walking slowly, coordinating your steps to the natural process of your breathing. That is, take a step on your in-breath and another step on your out-breath. What do I do about noise? Nothing. Noise is part of the landscape of now. The idea that meditation should be done in protected silence is only that, an idea. Since you live in the world, it can be good to meditate in the world and its noises. People talking, cars driving by, air conditioners and refrigerators humming and turning on and off, and countless other things making noises of one kind or another. Try not to exclude any experiences such as noise. If a car alarm goes off while you are watching your breath, you may shift your attention to the car alarm for a few moments to investigate that with interest and then return your attention to breathing when it stops or no longer feels like a novelty. Should I turn my phone off or on silent? Yes, giving yourself the opportunity to practice is a positive act of self-care. Unless you have a critical emergency, give yourself the time to practice. There are exceptions, of course, your wife is pregnant and the baby may come at any time, a family member is critically ill, you have a job that requires you to be on call, and other situations like these. But remember, these are exceptions. Give yourself the time to practice regularly without interruption. Also, turn off the ringer on landline telephones and choose a time of day when you are less likely to be interrupted. What time should I meditate? 
Meditation can be valuable at any time of the day. It is largely a matter of personal preference. If you meditate earlier in the day, this will set a mindful tone for your day. If you practice later in the day, this will help you to sift through all the thoughts, emotions, and images of the day. You can also practice in the middle of the day. Try practicing at different times to notice the differences that occur. Aim to practice at the time of day that will make it most likely that you will practice regularly. How long should I practice? There is no magic number. The most practical answer to this question is that some practice of whatever length is better than no practice at all. Some teachers recommend 20 minutes for practice. If you go to a meditation retreat, the practice times will be longer, often 45 minutes to an hour. You can punctuate your day with brief practices, see sections on informal practices, these will appear in different chapters, or even do a couple of shorter practices throughout the day. Research suggests that between 20 and 45 minutes per day over the span of 8 weeks can lead to measurable and beneficial changes in your brain. What if my mind won't stop talking? This is not a problem. Repeat, this is not a problem. The goal of mindfulness practice is not to quiet your mind. The goal is to notice what your mind does. And one of the things your mind does is talk. A lot. Your job is to keep extricating yourself from whatever your mind talks about, not to extinguish the talk altogether. How do I handle discomforts? Uncomfortable sensations are an inevitable part of life and meditation practice. Suppose an itch arises when you are practicing. The natural tendency is to scratch that itch. In fact, you may reach to scratch it without even thinking about it. Similarly, when sensations of discomfort arise from prolonged sitting in the same posture, the reflex tendency is to move your posture to relieve the discomfort. The goal of practice is not to be uncomfortable, but these uncomfortable sensations provide an opportunity for learning, discovery, and change. See if you can greet the itch with awareness. Oh, there's an itch. Then, investigate the itch with curiosity. Hmm, I wonder what this itch really feels like. When you examine it closely with interest, you will discover things that you may not have realized before. An itch, when observed long enough, will change. It may intensify and then diminish. It may come and go in waves. Eventually, it will dissipate. By not having to scratch the itch, you have gained a degree of freedom. How do I handle pain? Pain is a more intense form of discomfort. The key with painful sensations is to distinguish hurt from harm. Hurt is like the itch. It is uncomfortable, perhaps intensely so, but no harm will come if the sensations it brings are observed instead of relieved immediately. Harmful sensations contain important information and require action. For example, a change of posture to prevent harm. You have to know your own body to make the distinction between hurt and harm. If your legs fall asleep, this may be a strange sensation, but for the short period of meditation, it will not cause lasting harm. However, if you have a knee injury, sitting in prolonged pain may cause damage. Always put self-care first. Should I practice with other people? It can be a benefit to practice with other people. As with exercise, it can help to have a buddy so you can motivate each other to practice. You can also find a place in your community where meditation classes are held. 
Some of these classes may be offered free of charge. When you sit with others, you tend to sit up straighter and put more energy into your practice. You are much less likely to give up before the end of the session when other people are around. Meditating alone with others around is an ideal scenario for introverts since you don't have to make small talk during practice. Depending on the situation before and after meditation, there may be socializing, but the practice itself is deliciously quiet. Does mindfulness meditation conflict with my religion? Mindfulness meditation is not a religion, although it has been associated with the religions of Buddhism. Mindfulness, as often taught in the West, is a secular practice for training the mind. It requires no beliefs, rituals, or affiliations. It is a psychological practice and should be compatible with any religion. In fact, whatever your religious persuasion, mindfulness may actually make you a better Jew, Christian, Muslim, atheist, and so on by helping you to increase your capacity for attention. Does meditating make me a Buddhist? No. While the historical Buddha did a practice similar to mindfulness meditation, he was not a Buddhist, and nor will you be when you practice mindfulness. Mindfulness is about paying attention, and while it has an ethical component, it transcends any particular religious creed. Do I need a teacher? It is not necessary to have a formal teacher, although it can help to have one, especially if you want to deepen your practice. You can find teachers at retreat centers such as the Insight Meditation Society in Barr, Massachusetts, or Spirit Rock in Woodacre, California. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, The Awakened Introvert. Practical mindfulness skills to help you maximize your strengths and thrive in a loud and crazy world. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate and review it. And please share it with friends who might also enjoy it. Thanks for listening. This podcast is for information purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast are not medical or psychological advice. This podcast is offered with the understanding that the publisher is not engaged in rending psychological, financial, legal, or other professional services. If expert assistance or counseling is needed, the service of a competent professional should be sought. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks, available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.